0: Welcome to Be All You Are, a Midlife Awakening Podcast. I'm your host, Kena Paranjapay, the founder of All You Are, a women's lifestyle brand, an entrepreneur, writer, and mother. This podcast is all about stepping into all you are. It's about reconnecting to your inner voice so you can hear the whispers of your true desires and cultivate the courage to create the life that is meant for you. Your dreams are your soul's voice. They are worth your time and attention. Now head out on that solo walk or settle into a cozy spot with a favorite beverage and join me. I can't wait to meet you. Hi Barb, welcome to Be All You Are, a Midlife Awakening podcast. I'm so excited to have you on today.
1: I'm so excited to be here. (laughs)
0: I just think that like our paths were meant to cross because I think we met through um, like a past job that I had a role and you and I met and I can remember where we were sitting on the couch together talking and then I just felt like I need to know this woman. Like I need to know more, I need to spend time with her and I feel like since then it's just, I don't know, it's like one of those, you know, connections that happen that you just are grateful for later. Well, thank you, because I remember that moment exactly like it happened Mm -hmm. a
1: few minutes ago. Mm -hmm. And I find it interesting that in your lifetime, you meet people that you connect with instantly. Mm -hmm. There are other people you may know since you were a little girl Mm -hmm. or a child, and you still don't feel like you've ever made that connection. Mm -hmm. And I've always looked at that and go, why do these people come on my path? There are some people I go, I don't want them on my path, but they're there. (laughs) Why are they there? Mm -hmm. And then I've got those that I go, welcome to my path because you bring me positive energy. So you, Kena, are the one that brings me total positive energy. And I have to say one thing, and I might refer to this a little bit. Mm -hmm. So- There are four Native American Indian spirituality laws, Mm -hmm. and I have printed them all out for myself, Mm -hmm. and I've had them with me forever, Mm -hmm. and I refer to them a lot because when something happens, I read them again, Mm -hmm. and when people come into my life or to any of our lives, number one, the first law says the person you meet is the right one, Mm -hmm. and it says. No one comes into our lives by accident. All the people around us who interact us, interact with us stand for something either to educate us or to help us in our situation.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: How true is that that
0: we met? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I love that, Barb. And thank you for sharing those with me too. I have, I have to print them out also. Um, So, of course, I have a million questions for you, but of course, I have to begin with your epic journey with Holt Renfrew. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I feel like I could talk to you for the rest of time and not get all the stories, Um, but I wanted to just start with a story that I have heard and that I find so fascinating, which is about how you came, that whole journey with Holt Renfrew, how it started
1: wow it's um it's interesting um it is an epic and it was one of those moments that i think it was just again a situation that was probably meant to be but i didn't see it and i my first husband and i started a, a manufacturing company a design marketing manufacturing company with canadian designers mm-hmm. i was doing all the go to getting designers ready for market mm-hmm. And the connection to all the retail stores, selling the product, doing the uh, product knowledge. And with through my designers, I was a, became very close to the senior vice president of marketing at Holt Renfrew at the time, a mm-hmm. woman. Mm-hmm. And um, like my true self, I always like, you know, can we do this a little better? This is like, I'm not, and I. So I, I used to constantly call her up, or we'd have lunches, and I'd tell her, you know, your buyers don't buy my collections properly. They're missing who the customer is. They miss it out. They don't. I said, um, and we would always have these conversations and I was she would always say well what do you like about our store what don't don't you like about our store and I was always brutally honest because mm-hmm. I always looked at her as a friend mm-hmm. and uh, I would tell her and one day she invites me for lunch at a part of my life a pinnacle of my life where I was um going through some very hard times in my marriage very mm-hmm. difficult times I have lost my mother um I had uh, split up with my husband uh, about six months prior, but we got back together again. Mm -hmm. And I was at a crossroads in my life. And I had this, again, this thing happens. I have this lunch with this woman. And after our lunch, she says to me, we have all these water glasses and plates and all the stuff on the table before the waiter is about to clear it. And she says to me, She just says, like, changes the subject and says, could you, Barbara, pick something on this table and tell me why I need to have it, why this is the one that she needs to own? Mm -hmm. And in my mind, it said, my mind said, what is she talking about? Mm -hmm. Could I do that? And then what came out of my mouth was I picked up a glass. I have a water glass here. Mm -hmm. It was a wine glass. Mm -hmm. And I sold her on why this is the wine glass mm-hmm. that they, she needs to buy mm-hmm. about the rim. And I actually basically made up a story, but why wow. the story was real from my point of view, because it's how I buy wine glasses for myself. Right. Hand blown crystal, click mm-hmm. it and it rings, you know, all that kind of thing. The thinner the, gla- thinner the glass, the better the wine. Um, so, And then she said to me, Barbara, would you ever consider working for us? And I said, to do what? She says, what you've been doing, Mm -hmm. but we'll pay you. (laughs) And I go, well, what have you been doing? She said, Barbara, you are the customer we want. Mm -hmm. And you always tell me how the window should look what the sales associates need to do to, to become better engaged, mm-hmm. what collections we should be carrying, how we should buy. So you're telling me this, but I need you to come into the company and tell everybody who works there to do that. And I thought to myself, in my mind, wow, this is a huge, she's offering me this job. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, I was fearful. Fear, the first thing was, no, I can't do that, fear. Because I was running my own company, I had two young children, and I had I could dance to my own tune. Once you start working for a big corporation, you know they do own you, and I can't yeah. like leave for the ballet recital in the middle of the day. And mm-hmm. so there's all these in my mind flashing, but I decided to say, "Let me think about it, mm-hmm. and I'll get back to you mm-hmm. next week." Mm-hmm. And that's what I did. I it was in my mind this was going to be a six month gig. I looked at it that way. I thought, could I fit this into my lifestyle? Mm-hmm. I knew this was probably, um, an opportunity that very few women get a chance to have. Somebody's yeah. offering me this incredible job. Yes. And to basically relook at Canada's luxury department store, everything mm-hmm. and bring, uh, and reinvent that, what was really reinvented mm-hmm. for what it was. Um, and I decided to do a six-month gig. I didn't tell them that. Mm-hmm. I thought, let me see if this will fit into my lifestyle. Yeah. With my children, how it would work. I called her up and gave her some prerequisites that I needed to be able to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she said, I want, we want you so badly. That yes. And what was... Supposed to be a six month gig turned out to be a twenty eight year career.
0: <laughs> wow, wow, oh my gosh, Barb! There's something that you said early on in that that I wanted to ask you about because it's funny. It's it's like you didn't realize it, but every interaction you were having with this woman, the market, the VP of marketing at um, Holt Renfrew, you were. Like without realizing, almost interviewing, right? Like you were just showing up, being yourself, and she was picking up everything you were putting down, essentially, right? And yes, yeah. And but like, what I find is that so many of us hold back, right? Like we don't say what we think, and I I'll, oftentimes it's because we are worried about what the other person's going to think, or we don't want to say too much, or we haven't been asked. And and I feel like so many of us miss out on opportunities because we don't speak up, right? Like we don't let people see what our gifts are. And what I love about your story is that you didn't, there was no job posting that you then went and interviewed for. You were just yourself. You just like spoke your mind. And I would love to know more about that part of you, that part of you that just like, you know, did that. The bossy girl.
1: So (laughs) here I am, you know, um, If I go back, you know, I am, and you know this, but I am trying to write my memoirs. Mm -hmm. So it's making me focus on who I was as a young girl. Yes. Um, And I'm looking at um, different parts of my journey so far to date Mm -hmm. that have really impacted who I am as a person. Mm -hmm. Everything from great successes to major challenges to who came into my life. And so, you know, I was... I am the first born of two other siblings. Mm-hmm. And uh it's me first and my sister was is 3 years older than me and then my brother was 7 years sorry my sister's 3 years younger yeah. than me mm-hmm. and my brother was 7 years mm-hmm. younger than me. Mm-hmm. So I was first and for 3 years I could do no wrong. Um I had a dad who always encouraged me as a young girl just to kind of like let's Let's get creative and let's Mm -hmm. get dirty. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, I had mom who was a pragmatic, stern, like, no, no creativity. We're just Mm going to get the job done. No, don't let her get dirty. Mm -hmm. And dad would constantly say, and they had such a great relationship, but Mm -hmm. dad would say, no, without you can't get creative if you can't get dirty. You know, (laughs) creativity is messy. Mm -hmm. He used to say that Mm -hmm. constantly. And, and I actually at Holt Ranfrew wrote that down on my door outside mm-hmm. so nobody would destroy my my desk because mm-hmm. I would be creatively planning something. Mm-hmm. I didn't want somebody coming in and like changing it. Yeah. And so creativity is messy. And so I think from a very young age I had a platform. Um mom would always say to them call me a bit of a prima donna mm-hmm. because uh my relationship with mom was a little bit strained because mom <clears throat> was worried about well, not so worried. I think she was fearful that I was she felt she couldn't control me. Mm-hmm. She showed her love through control. Mm-hmm. Dad showed his love through just go, mm-hmm. just be. Yes. Yeah. So I think that I had that kind of a dichotomy growing up. Mm-hmm. But I learned mom became the the person I had to figure out how to sell my creativity to. Mm
0: -hmm. Dad gave
1: me the seed to be creative. Mom was, no, you can't do that. No, you can't do that. So later in the corporation, mom actually became like my corporation.
0: I didn't realize that. How fascinating. So your dad gave you the freedom to be creative, like go, be messy, be creative. And then with your mom, you had to sell her on on that. On, on, yeah, run? mom, I
1: want to go to Europe. No, it's too dangerous. You know, those kind of things. I want to, yeah. I need to be free. Dad would make me, he made me a backpack with a Canadian flag when I was 18. Mm-hmm. And I went to Europe. I hitchhiked mm-hmm. everywhere. I learned so much on the road. Yeah. But I also have to say as a young girl growing up in my family, we were like, I called us the wrecking crew of three. Mm-hmm. Um, Dad loved to do road trips. Mm-hmm. And I find that I look at life life is a road trip. Mm -hmm. It's like a road trip for me Mm -hmm. because we would pile in the car
0: Mm
1: -hmm. and we would start on an adventure and we didn't know where we were going. Dad and mom knew that the kids didn't know and we would have to guess. Mm -hmm. And he also taught me, taught taught us all how to pack lightly because it was like you need to have one little suitcase and you need a pack. So I was learning all these kind of interesting skills. Mm-hmm. And I learned so much from dad because he would always he would make up songs about here we are on the road again. Mm-hmm. And the road is a winding road of turns and twists and upheavals. Mm-hmm. Sometimes he would say to us, and I would I remember this so clearly. We're going to, we need to take a detour, but mm-hmm. let's take that detour mm-hmm. because sometimes you take the detour in life. Yeah. And it's the best journey you could have ever had. Mm-hmm. It was the unexpected detour. Mm-hmm. So I think that part became who I
0: was as a young girl. Mm-hmm. Oh, so good. Um, okay. So now, of course, we have to talk about your 28 years at Holt Renfrew. I mean, 28. Years I can't yeah, well twenty eight
1: years I have to say you know twenty eight years who would have ever thought uh, I out uh, my relationship with Holt Renfrew was longer than my relationship living at home with my parents yeah it was longer than my first marriage mm-hmm. which ended after nineteen years but mm-hmm. it was I would say a good a good one because mm-hmm. I had two great kids and I'm now on a very successful. Uh, second marriage. It's yeah. twenty years. So let's hope I get st- beyond that, <laughs> which I know I will. But twenty-eight years, it was um, an incredible mm-hmm. journey, mm-hmm. and there, I all the people that came onto my path mm-hmm. taught me something. I only reported to the presidents mm-hmm. of the company. Mm-hmm. I had six presidents in my t- uh, tenure. There were some of them that I was like, "Why is this man blocking me? And how do I mm-hmm. like get around that?" Mm-hmm. So I had to t- I had to learn early in the corporation um, to let go mm-hmm. of wanting approval. I had to learn how to let go- let go of wanting to control everything, mm-hmm. and then above all that. I needed to feel free and let go of that want for security Mm -hmm. because we often as women stay in positions way too long because we're afraid to leave because of the security part of it. And I was raising two children. Mm -hmm. Um, That journey, though, as I started, I was married, but there was issues in my marriage. Mm -hmm. Um, The job did interfere. A lot, I feel, yeah. with the success of that marriage, but perhaps that was meant to be mm-hmm. because he was threatened by where I was going. Mm-hmm. He was not becoming as, as successful as I was. And mm-hmm. that's sometimes something that happens. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I wasn't there to save him. I yeah. told him that.
0: Mm-hmm. I said,
1: he needs to save himself and figure yeah. out his own destiny. Mm-hmm. And this is my journey right now. I don't know where it's going, but I'm staying on it because it's enjoyable and it's bringing in a fairly good income. So let's, it's got, and I'm learning. And um, so that, for me to be there, it was, it was just an incredible journey because it allowed me to travel. So I love to travel. Mm-hmm. The freedom of travel, the freedom to meet people, uh, creative people. hmm and that's what gets me going. I love creativity. I don't feel I am a creative person, um, but I feel I am a connector that I get the creativity that other people bring me yeah. just bubbles up within me, and I get very excited about it all.
0: Yeah. I think yeah. you are creative, though, Barb, because I think your vision is very creative. Like, you may not feel like you're creative in a traditional sense of, like, designing something, maybe, right. but but you are very creative, well, I was a dreamer, yeah, Dad always also said to me
1: mm-hmm. um, dream big, yeah, yeah, and he was an artist, mm-hmm. and he was a creator mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and a designer, um an industrial designer, mm-hmm. so you know I le- we learned all of us learned something from from Dad that way mm-hmm. and um the dream, so When I was asked to head up, to spearhead this new vision for Holt Renfrew, Mm -hmm. what would it be? It was incredible because I was given the freedom to dream big like a movie producer, Mm -hmm. and then to find all the players who could make that vision happen, execute it, and have have the outcome happen in all the stores across Canada. And... Boy, that was a big job. And I remember at the time, the woman who hired me, her name is Bonnie Brooks, mm-hmm. very famous. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember her saying to me one day, I want you to plan the, uh, all the colors by month. It's going to change for our private label program in cashmere. Mm-hmm. And she threw me a big box of colored wool and she says, so go figure it out. So I remember sitting on my dining room table every night after I put my kids to bed and working on color stories. And I'm not sure about this. I'm not sure about that. And kept changing it, changing it. And then the she gave me like two days to do this. Yeah. And when I went to meet with her that morning when I was supposed to, I did have colors, but I said, you know, I'm, I'm dreaming in technicolor. And I keep changing my mind. I'm not sure, but this is my first stab at it. It could change. And Bonnie said one thing to me that has always resonated with me and has helped me through my life. She is Barbara, there is no right or wrong. Just make the decision." And we will make it happen. Mm. And she kept reminding me, because yeah. I was I mean, that I was hired because anyway. I am the customer they wanted, yes, So they right. needed to get into the head of that customer yes. so that that was a fortunate place to be. so and whenever I was in doubt, I just, okay, Barbara, what do you feel yeah. innately inside you? Wow No analytics.
0: That's no algorithm. So it was your it job was to tap into your instincts and to Into light my light.
1: instincts. Yeah. And, and then to create storyboards and to wow yeah. people, because I lived in the world of no, because yes. so I was future thinking. Yeah. And most people wanted, you know, well, that, how can that happen? We don't have history. We don't have, yeah. you know, analytics. Oh my on. gosh. And um, I had to figure how to do that. So um, I became very good at telling a story.
0: But isn't this all kind of like a metaphor for life? Like even when you just said like dream big and you're the movie producer and you're getting all the players that are like in line to like make the vision come to life to make that movie happen. That's like really a metaphor for our lives, right? Like how a metaphor (laughs) for our lives. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah. I mean. Nothing. First of all, the people that come in come in for a reason. Mm -hmm. They're there to teach us. Mm -hmm. We have to uh, learn and educate from it. It was such a great learning for me. Mm -hmm. I mean, I stayed there at twenty for twenty eight years. There was at one moment where I did not like the um, the vision Mm -hmm. that the new president wanted to take the company, and I wrestled with it. But in my heart of heart. I just and this is a security issue. I decided, no, I'm going to allow the universe to guide me because this is not where I want to be. Yeah. Because I can't put my name and my face and my voice to something that I don't believe in. Right. And so I resigned. Mm-hmm. And the president was like, What? He said, Well, maybe you're just too exhausted. <laughs> He said, and he was new. I really didn't know him yet. Mm -hmm. He said, "Um, take off two weeks and tell me what kind of a store do you see yourself working for? How do you think a luxury store should look? Go and write that document for me Mm -hmm. so I can understand what's in your head. Right. Right. And so that's what I did. For two weeks, I went away and I did this incredible document. I'm sure I still have it somewhere in my files. And it really what painted the picture of where I felt luxury was going, mm-hmm. where we needed to be, who the customer was, how we needed to attract that customer, mm-hmm. um, the kind of experiences we need to bring into the Canadian customer. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Understood and to understand that that banner, Holt Renfrew, had been around for like 130 years. Mm-hmm. And the point was, we did not, We, if we ever tarnished that, we would be, it would be so hard for us to get that back. Mm-hmm. And we need it for everyone, whether they could afford it or not. When you step over the threshold of that store, you were proud and you would yeah. say to yourself, one day I will shop here. If you couldn't yeah. afford it today, You could buy the lipstick Mm -hmm. and say, "I bought this at Holt Renfrew because it came in that beautiful bag." And so I did that. And two weeks later, I came in prepared to probably look for another job and see what he said. And he said, "That's the same kind of store I want to work for too."
0: Wow!
1: And he was my fourth. Let's see, one, two. He was like the third president Mm -hmm. I work with. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And he and I built together a vision together changed the look of Holt Renfrew. Mm-hmm. Uh, he allowed me to do a lot of things that a lot of fashion directors were never allowed to do. Cause mm-hmm. I used to get people from around other fashion directors and stores. Well, how did you get that to happen? I was, and, um, and so I did see, I saw where things were going and where we needed to be before the customer got there. Yeah. And I and the only one thing I want to talk about my past is that as a child dad would always say look around. He would always say look around because you know he would he built um, a, a very successful luggage manufacturing company. Mm-hmm. And he said look around and see what the consumer, what people want. See how they live their life. Yeah. Look at life. And see where, what are the big things that are happening out there. Yeah. So that, and he built a very successful business. He fought in World War II mm-hmm. when he was coming home from London at the time to come back to Toronto with a duffel bag over his shoulder mm-hmm. as a, a young sergeant. Mm-hmm. Um, he was flying back. And it, and the government gave these uh, gave these vets money to start a business when they got back. I don't remember really, in those days how much it was, but yeah. it was um, I guess in the late forties. It was right after World War II. Mm-hmm. And he looked around and he said, "One day, everyone will be flying on commercial airlines, and everyone's going to need a suitcase." Wow. And that's what business he went in into, and that's what he. Yeah. I could see. And he taught me to do that. Yeah. And that, 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 even in the age of analytics, algorithms, and data, I always was able to look and say, okay, that is the data. But why are we not in the sneaker business, Holt Renfrew? Mm -hmm. I sit at the airport and I count sneakers, sneakers, sneakers. Mm -hmm. When I started Holt Renfrew in 1987, they did not sell denim. Yeah. Why do they not sell denim? Because we are a business store. Mm-hmm. People come to buy suits. They don't buy jeans. And right. I remember one day just like, I can't believe the business we're missing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And banging on that presence or not fearful. Mm-hmm. That was my thing. Mm-hmm. And then trying to figure out how to prove to a company that was very stuck in their ways that we can get into the denim business and it could be our highest growth performing gross margin item. Yeah. And we could drive traffic. And um I did that.
0: Yeah. So I, Barb, that's one of the things that I love hearing. Um, like it's sort of the thread through all of your stories is this conviction, right? Like, and I I can sense that you got a lot of that from your dad for sure. And for maybe sure. from your mom too, in a in a way. Yes. But like, you know, you even said that, you know in the end there was this sort of sense of like wanting that certainty and the safety of your job. And, um, also, you know, having to work with the president that had come in, how did you kind of get out of your own way so that you could speak from conviction? Was that something you had to like say to yourself, I need to say something here or was it just, is it part of your nature that you're just going to say it, you know? Well,
1: um, there was a side of me, yes, that would just say it. Yeah. But uh, I used to run into a lot of problems as a young child for blurting out what I wanted to say to my mother. And she would get upset with me <laughs> and send me to my room. <laughs> and then just wait till your dad comes home. He'll deal with you, right? <laughs> and then dad would come home. He's always the fixer of everything, you know. Okay, spend time with me. What did you do? I told him what I said. Mm-hmm. He said, you know you need to learn new ways of saying things mm-hmm. that you believe that won't hurt people
0: mm-hmm.
1: and let them say, "Yeah, maybe she's right." Mm-hmm. just a little bit of that, so go down and apologize to Mom and so i after always having to apologize to Mom constantly <laughs> for <laughs> outbursts or whatever, um, I learned mm-hmm. and but in saying that. There is always that, you know, the it and the ego. There's that side that says, no, you are, you can't say that mm-hmm. because, all right, should, if I do lose my job, then what? Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't always want to be that one that's rocking the boat. Wow. Yeah. And one yeah. the president, one president said to me, <laughs> Barbara, why do you always have to be swimming upstream? against the current mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and rocking our boat. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, because if I felt you were all swimming in the right direction, I'd swim <laughs> along with you. I actually said that. <laughs> I mean, I, and I feel it again because I had, um, I was the only one in the company. There's only one fashion director. That's right. I was only the one person that was supposed to inspire
0: mm-hmm.
1: and teach, mm-hmm. actually, mm-hmm. people to open their eyes and understand. So he could do away with me,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but then everybody else, bottom line executives that were in charge of the bottom line um, were more yes people. Mm-hmm. They were fearful because they needed to get the gross margin. My freedom was
0: mm-hmm.
1: that I didn't have to do that. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a bottom line, which was also difficult because it was hard to evaluate my success. Okay? Yeah. like, You don't have the hard numbers. Yes. And every so often I would ask the girl that actually got me in the marketing, mm-hmm. can you give me a, an area so I can show them? Yeah. What I can do. the budget. Yes. And I can actually, so then they, they you know, they can look at me mm-hmm. and they can start to quantify what I do mm-hmm. and see what that does. And she says, no, because then you will not feel the freedom. Yeah. And we need- And them. she also taught me, mm-hmm. you can't always, uh we need a, you need a, Jump in and test, and you're you may not always win, but you'll learn. Mm-hmm. So, uh, that was another one because the corporate world does not want to lose, yeah. I and mean, they do you not want to take a risk on something new mm-hmm. because that's they're fearful. So, you, we needed to like test things where I actually created labs of learning mm-hmm. and said, Let's not let's learn through this experience right. and see then. If it works on a smaller scale, mm-hmm. so we tested a lot of concepts just in our Bluer Street store because that's where the customer was who would be more uh, interested in experimental. I started something called the World Design Lab that was in the year two thousand and one because about nine the end of the nineties. With all my traveling, I could see where the world and every store was becoming homogenized Mm -hmm. every street had the same stores banana republic uh, gucci Mm -hmm. sailor on i started thinking to myself i don't even have to go to paris Mm -hmm. to buy this i don't have to go to italy to buy gucci it's all here yeah and then the high and low you know so i looked at our as they call it the mink mile and the streets there so you had the high and low but it all spoke to that designer customer Mm -hmm. um and so but everything was the same and to tell you the truth for me i was a kind of customer that the joy of shopping was in the serendipitous um experience and discovery yeah something new yes you find something you go oh I love it. And I don't even care who the designer is. Yeah. I just love it because it's unique. Mm-hmm. and Not everybody knows what I'm wearing. Yeah. And I love that. And so it started to get to a point where, boy, everything is so similar. I don't even know if I'm walking to a Holt Renfrew or a Saks. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, And where is the personal branding? So I convinced them, the president at the time, to do, I call it the World Design Lab. Mm-hmm. A laboratory has no financial expectation
0: except yeah. let's see where this goes. Let's explore, experiment, all of that, discover. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And um, it
1: was such an incredible win. Mr. Weston kept saying to the president, Well, what is Barbara doing? What is this? You keep talking about this, you keep telling the board. and." The president would go on his own without me there and yeah. talk to the board or whatever. And say, you know, we're building this world design lab. And the president kept saying to me, well, what can you explain to me exactly? <laughs> look it? tell Mr. Weston when we launch it, he will, of course, be invited to the opening. Yes. And then he'll understand it. Yeah. But it's too hard for He won't understand it because it's not been done before. Yeah. And it was emerging designers mm-hmm. from around the world, mm-hmm. um, and we and they gave me a small an area, which was, of course, uh, an area that they had. It was like um, the ele- the the circular area around the store, around the uh, escalator, so, escalator, yep. the escalator wells. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "How can you give me that area? Yeah. It's not even a proper area. People are going <laughs> to think it's display." And my and the thing was I wanted to, I said we're only putting one of a one of a kind out. Mm-hmm. So we're not putting out full size ranges. Mm-hmm. What do you mean not full size ranges? You have to. Mm-hmm. I said when we go to buy shoes in the store, so here we are, we have a shoe floor. We have one shoe out. Yes. And when the customer is ready mm-hmm. to make a decision on the shoe they like, they bring that shoe, they look for a sales associate. Yeah. And then they're ready to shop. Can you find me this in my size? Yeah. And then the sales associate says, thinks, okay, this person's ready. I mm-hmm. uh, the salesperson doesn't say, "Is there any? What can I? What, uh, what can I help show you?" Most mm-hmm. people go, "No, I'm just looking." Yeah. And so you have to give them that moment. So I understood buying behavior. I really looked into that, but I kept, of course, looked at myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and we did one one of these. And so that was a test how luxury, in order to get better service, mm-hmm. you get better service when the customer actually reaches out and says, I'm ready to shop now. Yeah. Help me. Right.
0: Yes. Because they have a reason to connect. They with have them a way. reason. And yeah. so we did a
1: lot of learning in that. Mm-hmm. Today, it's evolved. Um, when I left, they evolved it into H-Project, mm-hmm. which is all their sustainable. Mm-hmm. I got into the sustainable part, the World Design Lab. Uh, towards the end of, uh, I'd say from the year uh, 20, we'll say, I don't know, 2020 maybe, 2000, no, 2015 or so. I started Mm -hmm. getting into more sustainable things. Mm -hmm. I could see that that was going to be important. Yes. And now they they renamed it H-Project. But I must say, the World Design Lab is such an incredible opportunity for People labs mm-hmm. test the concept. Yes, yes, totally. Yes, yeah. And then the thing is, today when you're building uh, a business, you know, so you uh, can you can create yeah. an experience and bring your customers into that experience mm-hmm. to see how they react mm-hmm. and talk to them mm-hmm. and see if it if they like it. Yeah. Then you start to build more on that. Customers will help guide us. Yeah. And drive us. Mm-hmm. And tell us what they need and what they want.
0: Yeah, just like like my father said, look around. Your customers are going to go. There's no
1: crystal ball.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's funny, Barb. We talked about how your job was essentially to tap into your own intuition, like to your own inner voice. Obviously, taking into account all that observe, like observing you were doing, um, and just like watching what's happening in culture. And the zeitgeist. Um, But I'm curious how you do that. Like, how do you tap into your inner voice? It's something we talk a, a lot about on the podcast. We talk about how women, especially in the last few years through the pandemic, a lot of us feel a bit like robots, you know, like we're just like doing our job, mothering, doing our thing, taking care of everyone. And we feel like we've lost a little bit of that connection to our inner voice, mm-hmm. you know? Like, good I've, question. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I would love to hear from you. And, and you've really, like, you made your career out of that. So I did. Yeah. I, I and and to I still do. do that. In my consulting
1: practice, I still yeah. do a lot of that. But it's a very good question. And I feel that the, robot, the robotic lifestyle that we end up becoming, because, of course, women, we, have, we wear so many hats. Yes. And if we find ourselves as single women, we have so much to do mm-hmm. on our plates and it's almost draining. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we find ourselves in situations where we feel less than and we feel empty. Yeah. So I went through that. Mm-hmm. But uh before I went, I I got the offer at Holt Renfrew. I was going through, I lost my mother. I knew my marriage was not happening.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I was feeling very lost. Mm-hmm. Very empty. And I actually went to see a psychiatrist. Mm-hmm. Um, and my, my, basically I wanted to ask her, the question was, you know, I want to be happy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: How do I find happiness? Mm-hmm. I feel sad. I feel empty. I sometimes feel like I'm in a state of ennui. Mm-hmm. And, um, But I have a whole life ahead of me. And I don't know. I feel I'm, I'm stagnant. I don't know what to do. And she said, Barbara, there isn't really any pill you're going to take for instant happiness. Mm -hmm. But this is what I suggest you do. And I do this constantly. She says, sit down, go get a journal, sit down on your own. And write out who you are as a person. Not a job description. Mm -hmm. Not with any job in mind. What gets you up in the morning? What makes you happy just to be? Who are who is Barbara? And everything. So all like what do you like? Who do you like to hang out with? Where do you like to go? All of this stuff. Mm -hmm. And I started that process. Mm -hmm. Um, And through that process, I started to build a personal profile of who I was mm-hmm. without any job description, not to go on LinkedIn yes. <laughs> or any of that because none of that was around. Yep. It was just for me mm-hmm. to read and to read again and to look at it and say, is this really who you are? Yeah. Or, did some, or do you feel you have to be that? Yes. And that—that's the you know, I mean, What do people want from you, and what do you really want to be? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I had to strip that and change and rewrite. And that became a huge profile for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it included everything from the the love of travel and adventure mm-hmm. to being part of uh, to be part of a team. Mm-hmm. But I like to drive a team. Mm-hmm. I like to dream and see the results. My first job. Um, I don't know if you know this, you might, before I even got into fashion mm-hmm. was I was a teacher. That was my yes, very first yes, career. Yes, yes, and yes. And so I actually see myself as a teacher
0: mm-hmm.
1: because what I love with the young kids that I worked with, I love to help them open their eyes mm-hmm. and then to see that spark in their eye. Yeah. And that to me is what I love to do. And so I, I all of that, I knew I was not a nine-to-fiver because when I really loved things, I just did it all. It was in my heart and soul. Mm-hmm. There was no, like, beginning to my day and end. It just was wonderful. Yeah. And um, I wrote – I spent a lot of time on that. When uh, Bonnie offered me the job at Holt Renfrew, and when I finally said yes, because I didn't say yes right away, mm-hmm. um, she – I said to her, well, is there a job description? Like, what is it exactly? I need to know. What is it exactly yes. you want me to do? And then she said, well, call up the fashion director of uh, Neiman Marcus <laughs> and ask her what she does. <laughs> and I did. That was a cold call. And that was like, oh. And, um, and then Bonnie looked at everything. And then we created a job description. Mm-hmm. And when I looked at the job description, guess what? Mm-hmm. Every single attribute, oh, everything goodness in that job description was in my profile. Good. So I can manifest totally manifest manifested my it. job. And I've told my children, I tell my girlfriends who are looking for a man, uh, my second husband, I manifested him. Mm-hmm. And when I, and the interesting thing is I actually, so I do that a lot in yeah. life. Yeah, And I have, and so all of that, and I tell my daughter, you know, when she was like, mm, I'm looking for, you know, what do you want? Yes. And like, who do you want to be? And then write it out, put it under your pillow, sleep on it. <laughs> um, and so that, that's how I found out who I was. But then one other thing I mm-hmm. want to mention. Yeah. So now I'm with Holt Ramsey for about three or, four, I guess about four years. Mm-hmm. And we were having a big. Like a big store-wide meeting, Mm -hmm. and human resources was running it. And the topic of the it was a two-day conference Mm -hmm. with all the executives. So it was all the executives, all the buyers, all the management. Yeah, not the sales associates. Mm -hmm. And then human resources and the president, Mm -hmm. and they're presenting. And the topic is: Let's get everybody on the same page. Let's get excitement Mm -hmm. to move this dial, and let's build. Passion okay. and then they announce human resources that they want there's discount. we had really beautiful discounts yeah. at all, so they're going to reduce the discount mm-hmm. tremendously okay, so I'm listening, so let's get passion let's get people like raw, 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 and then well, for the discount <laughs> yeah. and now we're like going in the same breath, going to eliminate or reduce considerably mm-hmm. discounts on the clothes and also pay. For Holt Renfrew, wasn't as high as you could get. Let's say at the Bay, right? Because you had bigger discounts at Holt Renfrew and better products. So right. people, you know, did this trade off, and you traveled. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I go and go. Okay, what is wrong with like? I stand up, and I just go look. You know, I'm looking at this. I love the topic of the day. So this is what you're proposing. Mm-hmm. What is wrong with this picture? Mm-hmm. You're going to save money on the bottom line, Mm -hmm. but how far is that going to get you from the heart and soul of who you're trying to get on the same page and passionate? Yeah. To get the the troops to rally around Mm -hmm. you. Mm -hmm. No, that's not going to work. Yeah. And that started this whole thing. The next day, the second day of the conference, a young man who I didn't really know sitting there, he uh, ran our uh, gift and gourmet area. Mm -hmm. I didn't really know him, but you know, he came up to me and said, Barbara, I was so moved mm-hmm. by what you said. And he took, he said, I I got up in the middle of the night because I couldn't stop thinking about what you said. Mm-hmm. And he got up in the middle of the night and he took two yellow post-its mm-hmm. and he wrote out, okay, and it said, Oh, and he handed this to me. Mm-hmm. And he, it said, Tell Barbara. Oh, well, Barb. Because they started nicknaming me Barb. Tell Barb. Barb. Yes. She needs to be more Barb. They are very receptive to it. Uh oh. Uh oh. Low power well, mode. Okay, I'm back okay. on. That's okay. Um, me. And to this day, in mm-hmm. my wallet, mm-hmm. I still carry that around. When in doubt of who I am, I read that post it to become more.
0: Barb. Oh, I love it so much. <laughs> I want to write myself the same post it for myself and put it more Cana, be more Cana. Be oh. more
1: Cana. And that's yes. what we hear when you're going to be all you are. Yeah. It means be more of who you are. Yeah. What do you stand for? Yes. What is your unique love of life in you? We are all oh individuals, we are okay. not cookie cutter people. Yes. So what makes you unique? Mm -hmm.
0: And that's what we have to tap into. Yes. Oh, it's so good. (laughs) So good. (gasps) Oh, I knew this was going to be a good conversation. Okay. So I wanted to ask you, because I know we all have those moments of, you know, you described it at that time in your life of feeling stuck, but we have that, can have that moment in a week or in a day where we just feel blah, like something triggers us the wrong way, or we just wake up with some negative thoughts. How do you um, shift to a better feeling state? Like, how do you you manage your way through those times?
1: So um, it took me a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I had a coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, if anyone doesn't believe in coaches, Mm -hmm. they're wrong. You Mm -hmm. need somebody Mm -hmm. of a higher being who has gone through the same journey that can kind of point sometimes the path. Mm -hmm. And I was going through this, um, I'm in this wonderful position, Mm -hmm. not feeling it because I get a lot of blocks. Mm -hmm. And I kept thinking to myself, you know, God, it's like, it's like punching through styrofoam to work here because Mm -hmm. I get to the other side. Yeah. So I'm keeping my head up against a wall. Mm-hmm. There is, I'm punching through styrofoam, but should it be, should life be that difficult? Yeah. And um, I went to a coach and we start, she was actually a doctor, psychiatrist mm-hmm. at the time. And we started working on, uh, she helped me learn, as I said this before, mm-hmm. how to let go of emotions. Yeah. Because we are not the emotions we build up in mm-hmm. our mind mm-hmm. today I get praised and I'm a queen and I I'm happy mm-hmm. the, the next day I'm the same person they beat me up mm-hmm. and I feel like I feel bad mm-hmm. and I want to go home and cry and hide under a pillow yeah that's right that's so it's like you know uh you're a dust mop one day and a peacock feather the next <laughs> and that's what happens in life. Mm-hmm. And there is constantly the yin and yang, good, the bad. And she taught me how to let go of emotions mm-hmm. and get on solid ground. Mm-hmm. And even she taught me, which was like, whoa. And I, I always need brush up. So I'm going through the, uh, the, the exercises again. But yeah, even when the day is sunny, everything is going my way and I'm whistling in my mind and I'm having the <laughs> best and I can do no wrong. I learn to let go of that emotion. Mm-hmm. Because emotions are what t- builds us up, tears us down, pulls us this way and pulls us that way. Yeah. And so we have to learn to feel the emotion totally. Mm-hmm. What are you feeling in that moment when mm-hmm. you're having a bad day?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Don't dismiss it. Mm-hmm. don't sweep it under a carpet yeah. because those are the emotions that come back and bubble up. Mm-hmm. What you need to do is to feel it it feel it totally. Yeah. 100% in your heart, your soul. You need to cry with that emotion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It brings back memories and then you have to then at one point you have to keep asking yourself Am I ready to let it go? yeah what I do is I learn to identify is this am I struggling with a control issue here right. is this a I need the approval uh-huh. I want people to like me uh-huh. you know women we have that yeah. is this a security issue is this a oneness I want to be one with somebody mm-hmm. and, or you know or it's and I have to embrace it feel it, and it doesn't ah uh, it doesn't happen overnight yeah it takes time and then I started to do it. In- I started to learn how to do it instantly. I could be in the middle of a, a bit of a confrontation in the co- in the corporate world where mm-hmm. I'm, let's say, sitting with a senior vice president of of an area, a merchant, yeah. a senior merchant, yeah. And I'm trying to, we'll say, put yellow coats in the coat. We'll just say yellow coats and the arguments and the. Ar- and then I just realized, no, I've got to let go of this. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to control it. I'm not going to. You know, and I would actually have to deep breathe and let that person just let them. And like, basically you can't. And so let them be. Yes. Let them do their thing. Yeah. And I always, in the end, got back. I hate to use that word control, but we always came to a decision. Yeah. It was always exactly where I, I really wanted it to go. Yeah. Because I learned to deep breathe through it. Yeah. Through love, uh, success. uh, failure, Mm -hmm. money situations, all of that. Yeah. I just kind of like, and I put a lot of faith. um, I'm not a religious person, but I put a lot of faith in the universe. Mm -hmm. So I've learned to become really spiritual, a lot more spiritual. I put the universe and I save the universe. You know, guide me. I know you know yeah. where the path is going. I don't see it yet. Yeah. I trust that you're going to deliver me where
0: I need to be. Yeah, And that's become a big thing for me. That's beautiful. And I, I do think that if you can let go of control and you can trust, then it does allow for things to work out, right? It's like, Um, there's an analogy that I often use in my groups is like when you are holding sand in your hand and you don't want the sand to slip through, you have to hold it gently like this. If you try to grip the sand, it creates these cracks and the sand just all slips through your fingers, you know? Exactly. I do the same analogy when Mm -hmm. I
1: work with certain people, I've actually started to work with people on exactly what you're saying. I talk about, I ask them to pick up um, a whole bunch of pencils. Yeah and and to grip it really tight mm-hmm. and then i said okay take a deep breath mm-hmm. and just slowly relax yeah and then watch the pencils fall away mm-hmm. that's what it happens yeah. feels like when you finally let go yes and it's 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 um it's cathartic you know you just all of a sudden open up mm-hmm. and you see a different perspective
0: mm-hmm. yeah yeah um barb i wanted to shift uh, into talking a little bit more about the title of this podcast, which is uh, a midlife awakening podcast. And for me, it's about midlife and beyond, right? Like, I think um, as I'm now, I just turned 47 this year and I'm thinking about where I am now, but also where I would like my life to go. And I'm looking at women who um, are more experienced and wiser than me and looking for people that Inspire me, and and so that I can look ahead and think about what I want my life to look like, right? Uh-huh. Um, right. And in a different way than maybe we have in the past, because I think right. you know the way we talk about age is has changed a lot, and for the better. And we still have a lot more work to do around this, but um, I feel like women like you and having conversations like this are helping with that. Um, and so I wanted to talk to you about um how you've been experiencing aging. You know,
1: I never fail I don't ever really believe in a number Mm -hmm. anymore.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um I'm proud of the age I'm at. Mm -hmm. Uh I am, you know, I'm in well into my last the last act of my life. Mm -hmm. The last act of my life is going to be a long, interesting journey. Mm I am 73 years old and will be 74 in July. Mm-hmm. On my 70th birthday. Everyone I knew said, "You need to celebrate your 70th birthday like with a party." And I said, "No way. I'm not telling the world how old I am. Mm-hmm. I'm telling my friends." They all think I'm like younger cuz mm-hmm. I haven't uh, I know I have um a very youthful demeanor, my curiosity about life. Mm -hmm. It's all of who I am.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, And they said, no, Barbara, you need to celebrate it so that people can understand Mm -hmm. that turning 70 is just a number. Mm -hmm. And the funny part of that is I said, all right. And I my entire family lives in Los Angeles, as you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, except my husband and I, my sister and her husband. So I decided to throw the party my 70th birthday in Los Angeles, exactly. and I invited a lot of people here, and a lot of friends of mine from Los Angeles and my family, who was living here, all flew out. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of I was surprised how many people said they wanted to celebrate with me in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. they turned it into a holiday, so and um it was at my brother's beautiful home in the hollywood hills
0: mm-hmm. we had
1: i wanted a taco a taco tequila party mm-hmm. that's what it was yeah really casual in the spirit but i wanted it to be a dance party cuz i love to dance dance is my spirit <laughs> mm. and so um We, I had, it was an incredible party and around 1130 at night, we get a knock on my brother's door. I happen Mm -hmm. to be inside the house. We're all Mm inside. DJ, lights going, bartender, people dancing, singing, Mm -hmm. and three, three policemen from the LAPD walk in (laughs) and I'm like, oh my goodness, who sent the male strippers? Because these are (laughs) handsome policemen and they are, I have a picture of us on one of my Instagram. Uh, pictures. They said, no, we are the real deal. And they're <laughs> writing me a citation. And I go, for what? They go, well, we're getting, we have not stopped getting phone calls from people that there's a a group of kids up in the hill somewhere with a loud pool party, it wasn't a pool party, a pool party, making a lot of noise. Mm-hmm. And they have an ordinance that no loud noise after 11 o'clock. Okay. So now this is around 1130. Okay. So I said, "Well, it's not a bunch of kids. It's my birthday party. Yeah. I'm celebrating my 70th birthday." Yeah, and they said, "Your 70th birthday? Shouldn't you all be asleep by now?" Not <laughs> no. this crowd. And they said, "Well, happy birthday! Mm-hmm. Go and celebrate. You can celebrate now for until midnight. Yeah. but then you have to shut it down." And yeah. that was. And my son-in-law took a picture of it, and he said, "On oh, my mother's 70, my mother-in-law's 70th birthday." She got busted by the LAPD <laughs> for making too much noise, and then I felt if the LAPD does not bust your birthday, you have not had a successful party. That's right. So, so aging to me, it's not so much about aging because I I do make a point mm-hmm. of taking care of myself, mm-hmm. eating well. It's very important. Mm-hmm. Uh, being out for long walks in nature, mm-hmm. and getting in touch with my spirit. Mm-hmm. My inner child mm-hmm. who refuses to grow up. Okay, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, I, if I'm not out walking, then I'm dancing like yeah. no one's watching. Mm-hmm. And I'll, will put on uh, music and I'll dance for ninety minutes straight.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It just makes my spirit alive. Um, when I, I think the bigger one is when a woman who's had a successful career retires. Yeah, it's not really about retirement. As my assistant wrote in the book that he put together for me, you're not retiring, you're reinventing yourself. I love it. And so um, that was a difficult thing Mm -hmm. because for the first time in my life, I didn't have an office to go to, a group of people, and a purpose. Yeah. And I think what um, starts to happen is it happens if you are used to working and just getting up. And not having to think about mm-hmm. your purpose, mm-hmm. and so what is my purpose today? Mm-hmm. I have a lot of uh, wisdom, so I'm proud of my age. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, life moves mm-hmm. way too fast, mm-hmm. and so I have grand grandchildren that I am in love, and so I have a lot to learn from them. Yeah, and I keep—I feel it's so important to stay relevant. So. When I look at someone like Jane Fonda, who's 85 years old, she's still relevant. She's yeah. still marketing. She still has a voice for women. She does. And I think of uh, you know all of these uh, women who have such wisdom and are just incredible individuals and who are my female heroes mm-hmm. uh, because of their... Um, their vitality. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so very important. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm, I'm ha- so I think for me, the big moment for me was COVID, because COVID got it for me to put a, instead of feeling guilty about not finding my purpose or not really working every day hard and not making that salary the way yeah. I thought it should be every the world stopped mm-hmm. so the, for me it was interesting covid was a was a good time for me yeah. because i didn't feel like a loser that i wasn't part of it. i felt i was just part of the world and we had a yeah. chance to rethink mm-hmm. who we all are everyone rethought that
0: yes they did it's true
1: and i formed better relationships with friends mm-hmm. over that time and such unbelievable relationships that one of the key uh, things that b- bonded our relationship was during that moment, we all shared our vulnerabilities Yeah, and any shame we may have had. Mm-hmm. And that got us so close. So we understood each other as females. Mm-hmm. And um, so I don't, you know, it, I don't look at age. I have so many friends that are my age. I look at them all. They're traveling. They have their adventures. Some are consulting. Mm-hmm. But a lot of them, a lot of us now are really, and I'm at this stage where I'm actually looking at life and saying I'm very strategic of who I will consult with. Yeah. Because I don't want to give my time to everybody. Mm-hmm. Those that can... Uh, Answer a few interesting questions for me, I might might trigger my curiosity, and I will work with them, mm-hmm. but I wanna spend time being happy with that woman who I was,
0: yeah,
1: yeah, feeling absolutely shameless and without apology,
0: mm-hmm. able to do nothing if I want,, mm-hmm. I know, my God. I mean, that is a big, that is honestly a big thing. I think for for women, I mean, I have conversations with women who cannot carve out 45 minutes for themselves because they just, they are, their time automatically just flows to everybody else. And they, even if they could carve out 45 minutes for themselves, it's almost like they wouldn't know what to do with it. Right.
1: Mm-hmm. And that's, and that is a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's, uh, it's going to be a big symptom. For the generation like your daughter, my mm-hmm. grandchildren, mm-hmm. who have who are growing up in front of screens, mm-hmm. uh, phones, social media, and we who have to somehow work with these young children yeah. to limit their time in front of those screens. Mm-hmm. Although, oh, here we go. <laughs> it's, it's telling me I have to close it, but I don't want to. All mm-hmm. right, uh, we might have to end this. Yeah. That's okay, thing. Uh, and, and so they these young kids have to learn without anything mm-hmm. without doing anything how to be creative mm-hmm. on their own just for themselves. Yes. Forget the word boredom. Yes. Embrace it. Yeah. And get creative. Mm-hmm. That's what keeps my spirit alive, mm-hmm. the creativity. The, creativity. the- Just understanding that there's, I still have a lot more to learn. And Mm -hmm. I learn so much Mm -hmm. from youth. Mm -hmm. And that is one of the reasons I consult Mm -hmm. with young Mm -hmm. people. Mm -hmm. I want to be and understand where their minds are and how they see the world.
0: Yes. They see it in a much bigger way than I. Mm -hmm. So we are almost near the end of the interview, but I wanted to ask you what you would tell your 40-year-old self. At 40 years old,
1: I would take a look at Barb mm-hmm. and tell her that you are on the right path today.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Your moment where you are at 40, 40 years old is the right place and the right time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Understand where you are. Understand who you are. Mm-hmm. And just kind of take each step and walk the path, knowing that how do you feel inside? And you will know to turn and take another path if all of a sudden it doesn't feel right. Listen to yourself. Mm -hmm. Listen to your gut. Because, again, there's a big world there for you, and you don't know where it's going yet. At 40 years old. I had no idea mm-hmm. that I was going to be one day the Senior Vice President of Fashion Direction yeah, yeah, yeah. of Holt Renfrew mm-hmm. and be the voice for that store.
0: Yeah, I
1: did not know at 40 years old
0: wow. that I would
1: be on a second marriage. Mm-hmm. I did not know at 40 years old mm-hmm. where I would be living mm-hmm. and who my best friends were going to end up being. Mm-hmm. So listen to yourself mm-hmm. and understand that your path that you find yourself in. There
0: is a reason you're there today and learn from it. Yes, I love that. Such good advice for everyone. (laughs) Uh, So my final question that I ask every guest on the podcast is, what do you think it means to be all you are? Uh (laughs) I think it's everything we've been talking about.
1: Mm -hmm. All you are. As I said, each of us, we are not... Cookie, We are not Mm cookie-cutter. Each of us was given our own set of genes, uh, our unique desires, our whims. Mm -hmm. Allow it to shine. Allow the light to illuminate who you are Mm
0: -hmm.
1: on the inside because that makes you who you are on the outside. Mm -hmm. It's
0: like you said before, more barb. more be
1: more of yourself
0: (laughs) that's right as
1: they say it's almost becoming uh like overused but people say you know just own your own story yes and that's really what it is because don't look to that person or that Mm -hmm. person and don't second guess yeah because you it's you yeah and and it's you it's your
0: story and how you see it yeah so just be that well, it's so it's so interesting Barb because I even think about your career like you know in your career your success came from not looking at what everybody else is doing, right? Like that is where your success always begins. always. And, and I always say like if we're all looking at what everybody else is doing and looking at approval from somebody else and then they're also doing that and then their friends are also doing that, we're all looking to each other and nobody has any idea what they're doing, right? That's so right. like the purest path to follow is your own. That is truly is your own. Yeah. And the other thing
1: is I always believe strongly if you try to please everyone. Yeah.
0: But yourself, yeah. you end up pleasing no one. Yeah. And then you're the least pleased of all in that scenario. Right. Well. Right. Right. Yeah. Barb, thank you so much. I, have loved every conversation we've had from that first time we sat on the couch together. I love that, yes. Um, And this was no exception. And I'm so excited to share this conversation with my listeners. And I know they're just going to want more of you. So you do have to write your book. I've been saying that and I I mean it. I can't wait to read it. Um, And thank you so much for taking the time today. Thank you so much for allowing me to be all I am. (laughs) Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I hope you found inspiration and use this podcast to start stepping into all you are. To hear more about the podcast, follow me over on Instagram at kana underscore all you are. Send me a DM. I'd love to hear from you. And if you're loving the podcast, I'd be so honored if you go ahead and hit that subscribe button and leave me a five-star review. Until next time, remember to keep exploring what it means to be all you are.